Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Juventus would fully expect to defeat Lecce. They did manage that home and away last season means this is even more must-win than usual if that's possible. And now Milik for McKinney. They're queuing up here. Rabiot's header in. It goes to Milik. Juventus have the goal. And a big sigh of relief for Max Allegri. Juventus in front. midweek matches to come in Serie A. You can watch all of them on Paramount Plus. Yesterday Juventus with a 1-0 win against Lecce. Today Inter and Sassuolo will go head-to-head. You can watch that one on the Golasso Network as uh, is Frosinone and Fiorentina. Let's see how Napoli does after everything that's happened uh, with Victor Ossiman and him threatening to sue the club after their TikTok that went out. They'll play Udinese at the Maradona. Cagliari and Milan also meeting Lazio Torino and then you've got Monza against Bologna tomorrow with Genoa taking on Roma. And for more on these matches, let's welcome in our Serie A expert Marco Messina to join us now. Marco, ciao, good to see you. Good morning. Wow, country vibes this morning. I like the shirt. It is. This is a bit of a country shirt. No, come on. Marco runs the best cheese shop in Williamsburg. I like it. I like it. Alexis, you're from Jersey, yo. You can't make fun of (laughs) him. I'm not from Jersey. I'm from Newark. We know that. It's different. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? How's it going? I'm sure you were very happy to see Juventus yesterday. A bit of a sigh of relief, I think, was the best way to put it, wasn't it? After their embarrassment against Oswolo. (laughs) Yeah, it, it wasn't beautiful. They were going up against a Lecce side that was unbeaten in the Serie A. And, of course, Allegri, after the match, he used that quote, like, yeah, we beat the team that's unbeaten. But at the end of the day, it's Lecce and Juventus fans expect the result in this game. And they got it. It was classic, like, corto muso, which is what Allegri loves to to use, where they just did enough to get the win 1-0, even though at halftime there were whistles from the Juventus fans, uh, from the home crowd. They did enough. They got the 1-0. And once again, I think the theme is that Weston McKenney has earned his spot. You see this ball that was sent in from him initially, and he's playing as a right wing back, but he's earned uh, his way in through Allegri's heart because of his defensive ability on that right side. And he's been, along with Federico Chiesa, one of the most consistent players for this Juventus side. I was going to ask, where, what is the, the fan base? How are they feeling about Weston McKenney? Because as we saw in that clip, he got the MLS assist. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, you get the second assist. Let's go. I have a few of those. I don't know where you're going with this. They're worth it. Uh, But obviously, 
his ability to input himself into the game plan and make himself known throughout the match is, has really impressed me coming back into Juventus. How is the fan base? We understand that Allegri likes him. The fan base seemed to turn on McKinney a little bit last match. How are we feeling? No, you, you know, I think that the Juventus fans were always with him. It was more so like he had such a weird summer because Juventus were in a financial crisis. They were looking to offsell any, basically anybody. Dusan Blaovic was on the outbound list, and McKenney was amongst one of those players that had a resell value. They were never able to come to an agreement with the team that Weston also liked. There were talks were Turkish clubs. I think Galatasaray was it. But Juventus fans really love him. And, of course, within this new Juventus side, they look for players that give everything for the shirt. And there's one thing that you have to say about McKenney that has never been a doubt. You could say about other players, you can't say it about him, is that he fights into the last minute for the jersey. And the fact that he's reinvented himself on this wingback side, uh, Juventus fans are extremely happy. And like I said, there's two players, three players throughout this season that we can say consistently, whenever they've played, they've done their part and they've actually been on the good side of the list because it's been a weird season for Juventus so far. McKenney and Chiesa are two of those players that have been on that side. So, of course, they're in the hearts of Juventus fans. Now, Marco, I do want to talk about Milik versus Vlahovic at some point, probably not right now, because I want to talk about Napoli instead. Victor Osiman <laughs> obviously going through uh, some turmoil with his club, missed the penalty in the last game. We'll see if he ends up starting or even on the team against Udinese today. What's going on with Napoli? Obviously, it was always going to be a struggle when you have a new manager and Rudy Garcia coming in. I know that he has previous Serie A experience with Roma, didn't win anything there, but they were pretty formidable during his time. But that was always going to be a struggle to try to repeat as champions of Italy once again. So the good news is Osimen is actually within the team, which I think is the most important thing. And there's nothing that will put a smile on Napoli fans' faces like him getting a goal uh, against Udinese, which I think is needed. But this Napoli side has struggled, both off the field with those problems that you alluded to, but also on the field. They're winless in their last three Serie A games. And when you look at some of the opponents that they're winless against, you know, you scratch your head and you say, where is this Napoli side fallen? They were the team that played some of the most beautiful football in all of Italy, actually in all of Europe, I should say. And they've resorted to looking like a shell of themselves. You know, there's no real style of play. They've gone to long balls and the worst of probably all these things, because if you have a slump, that's okay. But it's sort of what are we building towards? And Rudy Garcia, who, yes, does have that sort of uh, Serie A experience, like you mentioned, there's tension in the locker room already. Um, he subbed off Quada in the 89th minute, which, by the way, makes no sense against Genoa. When you're down 2-0, you come back 2-2. You're not saving him. You're not saving his legs. He takes off Quada, and, you know, Quada ma makes a gesture like, what are you doing? What, what do you think you're doing taking me off? And then he subs in Zerbin, who's a 24-year-old player who, you know, we never really saw feature last year, instead of putting Gio Simeone. So he didn't get the ranking of the locker room well. And then from bad to worse, after Osimhen misses a penalty kick, he takes him off. And Osimhen, obviously, uh, very upset with him after the game. And uh, I'm sure you guys talked about it already, everything that's happened with Victor Osimhen and, and the fallout that's happened. I, I think it's deeper than just the TikTok that's posted about him missing a penalty kick. The talks of uh, renewal were always, you know, when is this renewal going to ha happen? When is it going to come? And I think this was sort of the last straw where they're using it as a little bit of leverage if he does renew. And I don't like to do this very often, but I got to give Poppy Miller credit because on our first <laughs> wow. day of Serie A, 
she called that there might be some tension between Osiman and Napoli, and me and all the boys were like, nah, it's fine, they're gonna sort it out. <laughs> so Poppy called this one from a mile away. I want to be. All right, I'll Poppy. Just give you, I'll, this, this is a pat on the back of the Make sure you remind the boys of that on Saturday, uh, please, Marco. Speaking of Rudy and everything that you've just said about him, I mean, how much time do you think he's going to get? Do you think he's still going to be the head coach of Napoli come Christmas? Uh, is he going to eat the panettone? I know you were yes. going to add that in. Oh, Bob, I forgot about that. that. The panettone. I'm a little bit disappointed. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We'll let it go. The talks from Gazeta dello Sport are that Napoli have already started inquiring with some coaches because there's actually a good list of coaches that are that are available that are on the free because De Laurentiis is never going to pay for a coach that's on a contract. And Igor Tudor is one of them, who I think would be a really good option. And they're talking about also Antonio Conte, who would obviously be a stretch considering his salary and the way that Napoli um, have always gone about their coaching and, and even signing players. There's still time, though. They said that they're not looking to sack him right now. But when you look at the stretch of games that they have, and they're going up against an Udinese side that has no wins. I think they have no wins in Serie A. They struggle to score goals. But Udinese are a tough team. They fight. They'll hit you. They make the game dirty. They'll do pretty much anything. If you don't win this game, considering all the talk that's been around you, I'm telling you there's mm. going to be problems. With international break coming up, I'm scared for Rudy Garcia. Honestly, don't worry, Rudy. You've only got Real Madrid in the Champions League. Easy road ahead. Marco, good stuff. Thanks so much. Grazie mille. We'll see you soon. I'll see you guys soon. Ciao. <laughs> All right, stay with us. Uh, Claudia has the day's headlines here on Morning Footy. When we get back, we've got a bunch more. Stick with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. to Morning Footy. Here's a look at Wednesday's Footy Fix. Several matches uh, coming up for you, starting with Serie A at 12.30 Eastern on Paramount Plus. Winless Cagliari taking on Milan. Then in La Liga, Real Madrid are in action in the Carabao Cup. It's Brighton at Stamford Bridge to take on Chelsea. And then tonight, the US Open Cup final Miami taking on Houston Dynamo. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern. Claudia has the headlines for us so far today. Claudia, what you got? I do. First, before I get into the headlines, Alexis, you said you were going to do a uh, Messi counter uh, for how many times Messi's mentioned mm -hmm. today. What's the counter at right now? Oh, I did not. I did not keep track, but I bet you were over 17. 10. Oh, easy. Yeah. Over, easy 10. over 10. If you want to keep a track at home. Nico, Nico said 10 and maybe one sentence. <laughs> yeah. said if you keep a track at home, messy, 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 messy. Right. Well, we're going to add another one because I'm going to start off the headlines with, of course, Messi, because the one thing on the minds of American soccer fans is the U.S. Open Cup final tonight between Inter-Miami and the Houston Dynamo. Messi's status prior to the match is shrouded in uncertainty following an injury that the Argentine picked up on international duty. During a pre-match presser yesterday, Miami head coach Tata Martino did not rule out Messi for tonight's final, saying, quote, we will wait until tomorrow. Jordi Alba is difficult, but with Messi, we will wait until tomorrow. Across the pond, Pep Guardiola addressed some impending travel issues for Man City during his pre-match press conference yesterday. City is set to take on Newcastle at St. James Park today. 
in the Carabao Cup. According to the Citizens Manager, the team will not be able to travel back to Manchester via plane, which is their usual method of travel, due to an unspecified issue. Instead, Holland and company will need to travel home by bus, with a trip generally estimated to take around three hours. City's next Premier League match will be away at Wolves on Saturday, and the late arrival following today's match will likely impact Guardiola's preparations for the game. And we'll stay in England as Arsenal's Bukayo Saka is in doubt for the Gunners' League Cup match today. Against Brentford, Saka picked up a knock against Tottenham this past weekend that makes him doubtful for their League Cup match against Brentford and potentially for this weekend's Premier League fixture. Saka was seen limping following the conclusion of the match and was not able to participate in training, according to Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta. This is just the latest in a rash of injuries for Arsenal that include Leandro Trossal, Gabriel Martinelli, Thomas Partey, and Declan Rice. Though, Rice has not been ruled out of today's cup match. In NWSL news, Angel City announced yesterday that the club has picked up the option to extend Sydney LaRue's contract through December 2024. The former... U.S. Women's National Team forward and 2015 Women's World Cup winner was traded to the club midseason in 2022 from the Orlando Pride. LaRue expressed her satisfaction with staying at the club, stating, I am so excited to continue my career with Angel City. Los Angeles has truly become home for me and my family, and I wouldn't want to play anywhere else. The community the club has built is incredible, and I look forward to playing many more games in front of the best fans in the NWSL. In more women's soccer news, Canada and Jamaica faced off in the Toronto in Toronto in the second leg of the CONCACAF Olympic qualifiers. Canada came into the match with a two-goal advantage from the first leg, which was played last Friday in Kingston, Jamaica. The reggae girls struck first on a Drew Spence free kick, but Canada came roaring back with goals from Chloe Lacasse and Jordan Haitama to get the 2-1 win and book their trip to Paris this upcoming summer. Canada is the second CONCACAF team to qualify for the Olympics alongside the U.S. women's national team. Jimmy, I'm going to come to you because I know you, I've seen you speak so passionately about Jamaica. We were talking about that earlier. For the reggae girls, they did so well at the Women's World Cup. Is this, is this a setback for them? And then on the other side of that, for Canada, who had not that great of a showing in the World Cup, is this a positive for them? Well, I'm just excited to see Christine Sinclair still playing. And she's one of the best to ever do it. So the fact that she looks like she's going to be playing in the Olympics next summer, I think is a pretty big deal. She's one of the legends of the game, Claudia. And then with regard to Jamaica, completely disappointing. I mean, they had some momentum, and I know that they have some off-the-field stuff. They're trying to get their federation to invest more into their team, and they definitely need to do that along with a lot of other federations out there. But yeah, that has to be a setback, especially because they had the one goal yeah. lead. It was all there in their hands. But I think that experience from Canada just proved to be the difference. Yeah, I, I thought Bev Priestman won the tactical game in these two matches. But that goal from Jamaica, we're gonna we're gonna need to see it because Drew Spence steps up and scores away in Toronto, full house to celebrate this Canadian women's national team. Oh my goodness, this was off of really the, one of the only attacks that Jamaica had. They were not very clinical going forward. Couldn't keep the ball but Drew Spence was celebrating and there were a lot of Jamaicans in the crowd it was pretty loud when she did score that goal but for Canada I'm going to go back to Bev Priestman because she is one of those um, coaches that everybody's been talking about she, she went out with a 3-4-3 and I don't think Jamaica was expecting this in these two games and they could not adjust and Lauren, and Do Lauren Donaldson started a very different team this game than he did at home in Jamaica I think the pressure 
in Jamaica was a little much for this Jamaican squad because they were so good. They felt like they had to perform. Right. Really couldn't get a hold of the game at all. Uh, Canada looked the better team. They deservedly won both of the games. And I thought in this system for Canada, especially with Ashley Lawrence as a wingback, she gets two assists, nearly identical in how she, she gets to the end line and um, gets an assist in both of the games. I thought this was the best we've seen Canada look in a long time. Um, and the they, big, needed, they needed it. They needed they it. They did not and play well in the World Cup. The biggest cheers were when Christine Sinclair went on the pitch because everybody does know she is one of the best to ever do it, the, the leading goal scorer in all international football. So good to see her recognized at home in front of a crowd after what has been a very difficult year for this Canadian squad. Yeah, especially for both federations. Both federations yes. struggling. You know, Canada, a lot of the folks uh, within Canada soccer have been very open about some of their federation struggles financially. Uh, and then, of course, the reggae girls begging to just get, just let us get to the World Cup. Let us get to some of these competitions. Uh, you know, help us get there. It's it's a struggle for both, and it's sad to see Canada. I'm sorry, it's sad to see Jamaica sort of uh, kind of bow out. But maybe for at least for Canada soccer, especially on the women's side, maybe this is an opportunity for for them to help build up this federation a little bit. Maybe get some things right. It, look, you've got some star players. Jordan Heidem is finding mm -hmm. finding a, a goal again. Had a great run at uh, Oil Rain. You've got stars. Build, build within that. Support these players. Mm -hmm. well, they're the reigning Olympic gold medalists. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they need to have a good performance again at the Olympics. <laughs> they need That's that. How long true. can Christine Sinclair keep this going? Yeah, forever. However long I don't know, she she's wants an inspiration to, to, yeah. she to really us is. that have been playing for yeah. a long time. She is in an <laughs> ice bath right now. <laughs> still. She is incredible. <laughs> All right, stay with us. Still to come here on Morning Footy, Felipe is going to join us next from Miami ahead of the big game tonight from Dry Pink Stadium. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Martino in charge of Inter Miami. And Lionel Messi on that front line. Messi looking for Campana! Leo to Leo! Tomaski throw. Joseph Martinez! He's been waiting for his moment. He finally has it to send him to the final. Benha Tomaski! Inter Miami will play for the Open Cup trophy for Carrasquillo! Dry Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, hosting the Houston Dynamo. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern with Clint, Kate and Charlie. Nico and Susanna will also be there roaming on the sidelines as well. You can watch the entire thing on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network. Guess who else is going to be there at the match tonight? Felipe Cardenas and he joins us now. Felipe, good morning. Good to see you. First of all, can I just say, you look like an absolute portrait sat there. You have matched absolutely perfectly to <laughs> the sofa and picture behind you. Was this planned? Are you in a hotel? I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the same hotel that I have been coming to for the, since July. So I think just subconsciously, I already know the decor in here, and that's what happened. I think I'm in the same room, the exact same room I was in last time, too. It's just bizarre. It's you bizarre. look perfect uh, sat there. Talk to us about the excitement for tonight's game. What is it like there in Miami? What are you hearing? What are you most looking forward to seeing tonight? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you were talking offline. It, it's the weather doesn't look great for for tonight, uh, so that could be a factor. And as far as excitement, I don't know. You know, I think the, the story is that Lionel Messi may not play, and I think that's been uh, that's a bit overshadowing the fact that this is a big cup final taking place in, in the city. But uh, I was at the stadium yesterday. I saw the preparations. I saw the signage, the U.S. Open Cup signage, the the word final, you know, spread out throughout that that the ground, and and that to me, I was like, okay, you know, there there's a trophy on the line tomorrow night and you have a resurgent Houston that's coming in I think with no pressure and feeling really good about themselves and so I think here on the ground there's a lot of international reporters a lot of reporters from Argentina and and yes there's a cup final but honestly they're all chasing the news about Messi will he be ready to go and how healthy is he Felipe, what's been interesting to me is how much Tata has tinkered with some of the ways that he's played, how he's set up the team. It's been in a three-back sometimes, a four-back sometimes. Of course, I think a lot of that has to deal with where if Messi is playing. But how do you feel like he's going to go into this game against Houston just setting up the team tactically? Yeah, it's interesting. If Messi can't go, you know, I think the one thing that I've noticed from Tata Martino, to your point, is that he has, you know, shown a little bit uh, more versatility tactically. This is a manager that was that has been on the record saying, "I don't like playing with two forwards. That's not the style that I play. The four-four-two is not something he he used to entertain at all." And now he does it, especially if Messi's not on the field. And and I think he's looking at his personnel and saying, if I have two forwards like Leonardo Campana and Joseph Martinez, why not play them together? And so what changes, though, tactically is this this effort to skip lines and skip pressure. When when the, when the team is complete and Busquets is surrounded by the guys that he that he knows well and, and, and Jordi Alba is running down the left flank and Messi's in the pockets, they're going to build out of the back in, in Miami. They're going to they're keep the ball and they're going to try to maintain tempo throughout the 90. But when they don't have every piece and you saw this against Orlando last week, uh, you know, they don't they don't mind playing a little bit ugly, playing, playing long ball and playing second ball football. And I think that could be something that they do if the game dictates that uh, it's going to depend on what Houston does. If they sit back and sort of wait, you know, perhaps then, you know, the game changes in, in Miami's favor. But Tata Martino has certainly tinkered a lot to your point. And I think that's something that's interesting about his 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 new tenure here in Inter-Miami. Felipe, we've talked a ton about Miami. Obviously, uh, it's good for ratings because uh, Messi's there. But the other team, Houston, I feel like we haven't really given enough love. They also are good. They've gotten to the final. But what do they have to do to beat this Miami team at home? What, what should we be looking for? They, they should do what they've been doing over the last month. This is a team that's unbeaten in six games. Uh, my, my colleague Pablo Mauer, I had dinner with him last night. He's he's embedded with the Houston camp, and he was there in Houston all week. Uh, and he told me something interesting about Hector Herrera when he asked Hector Herrera, What's, how would you describe your style of play? And Hector said, uh, we don't have a style of play. And so, and he was like, and that's good for us because teams don't know how to prepare. And honestly, they just go out there and play. I mean, and that's, uh, again, when you're winning games, why, why change it? And so I think what you want to see from them is can Hector Herrera and the new star, one of the biggest stars now, one of the newest stars in MLS, Alberto Carrasquilla, there he is, uh, the Panamanian central midfielder, can they get forward and really dice up this this midfield and this back line for Inter Miami that I think is going to be fatigued, honestly. And then Hector Herrera, 14 assists in MLS this year. I mean, he's in the top three, top five of assists uh, in the league. And that tells you everything about why he was the club's biggest signing. A, a veteran a midfielder that's played in the highest level in Europe, 
uh, multiple World Cups, struggled at the beginning in MLS, but now he's really the, the engine in this team. And they're just a young, confident side, nothing to lose. And I think that's what makes them dangerous. All right, Felipe, what's up? Great to see you as always. Ben Olsen, the head coach of the Houston Dynamo, said that Miami are the sexiest team the league has ever produced. And we can argue <laughs> that it's also one of the few teams in MLS history that has come in and bought trophies, right? They buy all these players, all these players come in, they got the League's Cup, and now they're in another final, and they're on the precipice of maybe getting into the MLS Cup playoffs. Where are you prediction-wise? How do you think this game's going to play out, and what's your final score? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. No well, first of all, I agree with Ben Olsen. I love the line. I mean, it's you're you're in Miami. It's the glitz. It's the big three. It's Busquets, Messi uh, and Jordi Alba, Tata Martino, that whole that whole staff coming in and, and immediately changing the team. Uh, yeah, that that that's sexy, especially in a league that needs that that sort of those personalities. Um, my prediction right now, though, you know, I, I'm I'm on the fence like I you could argue that Houston is a favorite here. Yes, they're playing at home in Miami. It's it's here in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the, 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 I think the climate, the temperature, the weather is going to be a factor. But sometimes that levels the playing field. And, and again, Houston just with nothing to lose. All the pressure right now is on Inter Miami. And that's a club that is not used to pressure yet. They have players that are used to it. But can they go in into the second cup final in so many months? And, and win another trophy. You know, right now, without Messi, you know, you, you saw those highlights at the beginning of this clip, everything that he does on and off the ball, they're not going to have that, I don't think. Uh, and so, you know, I think there could be an upset here. I think there could be an upset here, a 2-1 upset to the Houston Dynamo. Wow. Ooh. Wow. All right. Well, we're not, I'm not going to ask you for predictions down south in Copa Libertadores, but I do want to just have your thoughts. Semifinals start today. What should people be looking at for in this first semifinal? It's a big one. I mean, the biggest one is tomorrow. Look at that. Boca Juniors, Palmeiras. That That is just an epic semifinal. South American, two South American clubs that are just powerful brands. You know, tonight, an all-Brazil final, an all-Brazil semifinal, Internacional Fluminense. And this is what I would tell you if you're, if you're interested in this game. Uh, you know, Fluminense has the names. You know, Marcelo, who I believe will be coming back from a three-game suspension uh, in Copa Libertadores, the former Real Madrid left back. They've got Felipe Melo. You know, don't want to step in front of him at any time. Uh, and they have a, a forward in Germán Cano, the Argentine, that was is so prolific and just such a big game player. They're unbeaten at, in 21 games at home, Fluminense. Ooh. And then they're facing a team in Internacional that is one of the lowest scoring teams in Brazil but so defensively sound. And they have the formula to win cup tournaments. And that formula is a striker in Enter Valencia that can win you games, the Ecuadorian who is one of the stars of the last World Cup, a veteran striker, and then a goalkeeper that keeps you in games and also can win you games in Sergio Rochette, who's the who's Uruguay's starting goalkeeper. Uh, and, and so that that's a great formula to win these games. And, and I like it. I like Internacional. They have a great coach in Eduardo Caudet. Uh, and I think they're going to get through here. That would be the upset, honestly. Uh, and Fluminense, honestly, they've never won a Copa Libertadores title. It's the one thing that they have not won, and so the pressure's on them. Let's see what they can Love do. It. Felipe, enjoy tonight. We enjoy hope the weather it. is yeah. good to you, and I hope it's a fantastic match. Bring your poncho that matches that <laughs> outfit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> see you later, Felipe. Thanks so much. Well, there's a Take bunch care. of uh, cup matches coming up and cup finals as well. Stay with us next here on Morning Footy. We're going to look ahead to a couple of them. We'll be right back.
back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at what's to come today in the DFB Pokal. Uh, Leipzig taking on Wien Wiesbaden yesterday by Munich with a comfortable 4-0 win over Prusen Munster. I mean, it was always going to be a big ass Jimmy for the third division uh, German side to get a result against Bayern Munich. But in the end, they made it look pretty comfortable. Pretty Bayern-like, yeah. I would say. A nice, complete pretty performance. Easy. I think the big note was that Eric Chupamotin start, started up top for Harry Kane. And he scored. He scored the first goal and set the tone. They scored pretty early on and were in complete control. Uh, Matisse Tell, the 18-year-old, had a goal and an assist. He is fantastic. He's got five goals in all competitions. So good. Just another threat for them off the bench because you have Gnabry, you have Leroy Sané, and then you have him. Mm -hmm. And it's just... He can start, he can come off the bench and, and make a big difference. And he, he's a tremendous player. You can see here just the, the space that he creates to d get this off. And this is the first goal, Chupamotin. But uh, excellent, excellent player. I, I like what Thomas Tuchel, the manager of Bayern, is doing this season in terms of their signings. A little bit of old, a little bit of young, and a lot of experience. And I feel like this is a team, especially now with Harry Kane in it, who's now trying to replicate what Robert Lewandowski did for many years for Bayern. I really love the, the balance that they have in the squad. I think they can make a deep run in multiple competitions. We already know they're probably going to win the Bundesliga, yeah. but, but even in Europe. Mm -hmm. It's just layer after layer after layer with this team. When, when they attack, it's so fun because you don't know who's going to be in what line. And I think that's one of the most difficult things when you're defending them. And um, I love Musiala and what he has been Agreed. able to do with this team. Uh, one of my favorite footballers to watch because, gosh, when he finds that pocket, it, it can go literally anywhere from there. Mm -hmm. It's so dynamic and yeah that's gonna fun. be a they're, they're, fun. they're fun to watch it's a third division team you didn't need the stars for this one but it's nice to see even like uh, Goretzka who you know if we're gonna say there's any weakness it's defensively for for Bayern if there's any weakness at all so to see you know all the clearances you know the the block shots he just absolutely stood on his head and he's not even a goalkeeper I mean it was an incredible outing but again it's a team we all just heard about for the first time mm -hmm. called Bruce and Munster I mean third division they played bravely, sure. but it's Bayern. Yeah. Sure. Bayern, obviously, it, it came very close in the Bundesliga last season. Uh, Jimmy, do you think that it will be a similar case this season, or do you think Bayern's just too strong, and even if they go a, a long way in Champions League, they're still going to be uh, up there <laughs> That's, the Bundesliga? I mean, the, the easy answer, the low-hanging fruit, is that Bayern, of course, are going to win for the 100th straight time in yeah. Germany. <laughs> Make it look close <laughs> on the last match day. I, I don't see Dortmund being able to mount that type of challenge they did last year, and they blew it. Let's yeah. Yeah. Felt like that 100%. They had it and they blew it. Yeah. But Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen is maybe the team. I, I like what Jabi Alonso is doing they there. They have, have a clear identity of how they want to play. Depth yeah. is going to be an issue for them. They don't have nearly it's the true. budget Bayern does. Uh, RB Leipzig? Potentially, they are excellent in this particular competition. Mm -hmm. They've won the DFB Pokal the last two years, so Bayern's definitely going to want to wrest that away from them. But. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it either. I just don't know if those teams have the type of quality and depth, to your mm -hmm. point, that to, to be successful in multiple competitions. Uh, the Campiones Cup is also coming up tonight. Uh, we've got Tigres taking on LAFC. What can we expect to see in that game? Because obviously the MLS champions taking on uh, the Campiones champions mm -hmm. in, the, in uh, Mexico. Yeah, well, we got to see Tigres a lot in the League's Cup this summer, playing here in the United States. So I, when I watch this team play, yes, they have the attackers that can be 
be dangerous. But the thing that I thought they were most susceptible in is they were very aggressive in some of their positioning. And this LAFC team can be devastating in counter-attack situations, especially if Buanga's on the pitch. I, I went and looked 27 goals in all this year for Buanga in all competitions. The guy, um, when he has space to get in beyond, which I think there will be against this Tigres squad, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets on the goal, the, the goal sheet a couple of times because if LAFC lets some of that pressure come, lets Tigres come up the field, there's going to be a lot of room for him to operate. I think what's interesting about LAFC is despite all of their talent, and I was at their game against Inter-Miami where they didn't look great, but they had a ton of chances. And mm -hmm. if Buanga maybe takes one or two of those chances, yeah. I think that result would be different is that they played Mexican clubs a couple times this season in big games, CONCACAF Champions League final to Leon. They end up losing at home, mm -hmm. and then they get knocked out by Monterey in the League's Cup at home as well. They have this one at home against a Tigres team who are coming off beating Monterey in their big derby this past weekend, 3-0. Andre Pierre Gignac, their number nine, had two goals in that one. They look like they're in midseason form, and this LAFC team, Alexis, just... I don't know which version is always going to show up right. with them. A little, uh, what is it, Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde? I forget yeah. the, I don't know yeah, much plays. We're picking up what you're You guys on. get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, for me, the most important, you brought up Danny Boanga, and you brought up the game against Inter Miami. What I want to see is Danny Boanga make the right decisions in front mm. of goal. If mm -hmm. Carlos Vela and that partnership, if they're not in sync, this team is not winning. Yeah. Carlos Vela is completely open with his left foot and has the goal to himself, you, you have him. to pass him the ball. Yeah. You cannot take a wild shot with two defenders on you. So I want to see that partnership develop and increase. Only one win in the last five for LAFC. So this would be a big one. And Tigres beat them in the champion, um, the CONCAF Champions League in 2020 in the final. So I think there's a little chip on their shoulder to get things back on track heading into the playoffs. Very true. Although LAFC second in the West, uh, eight points behind St. Louis, though, as it stands. Okay, that's what's to come in Cup match. But next here on Morning Fuzzy, we're going to talk all about what's to come today in league play. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at today's notable uh, league matches. Ajax against Feyenoord. That was the match that was suspended due to all the fan violence that Jimmy was happening. Jimmy was Jimmy. Silver linings, uh, hey? Over three and a half goals. Thank you very much, Feyenoord. <laughs> and you job, crazy Feyenoord. Ajax fans. Hope you had some good odds on that I did. one. Uh, Real Madrid also in action later on. A couple of La Liga games on ESPN+. Plus. And then tonight in Major League Soccer. Uh, two games on Apple TV. Dallas on the road to take on Philadelphia and Colorado welcome Vancouver. Let's start with Colorado. They're eliminated from playoff contention. Jimmy, I mean, what has gone wrong for them this season? Where do we start, Poppy? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I had the opportunity to give breakfast with a friend of mine who coached the team, Robin Frazier, like a month into the season. And everything wasn't rosy, but they're only, what, a year and a half removed from winning the Western Conference. And for them to now have already been eliminated to have lacked that ability to build off of that momentum that they had was pretty disappointing. And I could sense that there was some frustration from Robin about maybe some of the handcuffs that were put on. And we know that there's some MLS league-wide handcuffs that just happened with salary cap stuff. But with his particular team, maybe not getting the moves that he wanted to really see out his vision for how to grow off of that success that they had previously. I don't even know really where to begin with, uh, my friend calls them the Crapids, which I don't, I don't agree with that, but given how they've been performing, nobody laughed here, so I guess that joke is dead. No, no, I, it's, I think I it was smiled. great. I'm just thinking about what would have happened if I said it. <laughs> but, but 
it's, it's unfortunate because they've had this tag for a while, and you can feel that the fan base, they deserve more of that fan base. They've got some incredible fans. They want to have a team they can believe in, and it seems like they have the carpet pulled out from underneath them yeah. every single season, outside of that one where they won the Western Conference a few yeah, years. And that was also a surprise. But It was, it was. It was a surprise, but they had some really key pieces they could lean on. Kellen Acosta centrally could hold it down. Mark Anthony Kay was there. Cole Bassett had a good year. Sam Vines had a good year. And I feel like this year for the Rapids, some of the things they can build off of, because there have been some, some good additions. Maxu centrally in the back, they found a really good center back. Is he a DP? I don't know. Could they figure out a way to get rid of that DP title and bring somebody in? Because if this team wants to play a 4-3-3, which is what I think they, they, they want to play, they've showed that a lot, um, although they've mixed in and out of many formations this year, um, you, you can build off of Connor Ronan centrally. He's been great at, as an 8, I think, is where he's best. So can you get a 6, who's a little bit more of a ball winner, disruptive, can slow the game down in transition moments? And then you need a 10. If you're going to play a 4-3-3, you need a 10 in this league who is a playmaker. And I feel like the Rapids don't have that. So I would build around some of those center pieces. You have Maxu centrally in the back, Ronan centrally in the midfield. And then they get, they get a new nine who looks like a good nine. Rafael Navajo from Brazil. It, it, in his few starts that he's had so far coming in, he holds the ball up. He's a good target player. He, he sees the field better than any nine that I think the Rapids have, in, have had in a long time. So um, there is some work on the spine there that is really good that can be built off of. I think when we talk about the Rapids, though, I think it, it, it goes without saying that there seems to be this level of indifference, both it may be the way the ownership or front office treats the product on the pitch. You alluded to it um, with your breakfast with the name you dropped. Uh, <laughs> and really, I mean, you're seeing an indifference from the fans or at least the casual fans that they may have an opportunity to bring in. Obviously, the diehards are going to be always pulling I, the shirts up the pids. I get it, man. You guys are for it. But it seems like there's a, there's, a, there's a disconnect. And it makes me think about some of the changes that potentially could be happening with Messi coming in. Because with a single entity, Jimmy and I were talking in the break, and I said with a single entity, every owner is basically making the same, same amount of money. Why would you care to input even more income and put more money and more funds into this team if you're just going to sit back and collect the same check? Because as you want to be a winner. Yeah. <laughs> You want to be good. Yes. Like, Do that's they? the thing. Have they shown but, you they want to? Yes, because they own Arsenal, uh -huh. and they're obviously investing in them. They I own the Rams. They, they want a Super Bowl. I mean, they're clearly investing in other facets of their business, mm -hmm. but they're not doing it here. Mm -hmm. Then that's why I'm asking. Do you think... It, 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 I'm getting a I, I, don't that's where, I don't know. I maybe they have so many teams, it maybe doesn't it's really a harsh, matter. Maybe it's a harsh reaction, but it feels like maybe there's a, there's a slight lack of... I don't mm -hmm. want to use the term care, but I will. I'll have to. Say it how it is, Alexis. There's we a lot appreciate to unpack that. Here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a really disappointing season. Just very quickly, the other matchup of the day, Dallas uh, holding on to ninth place. They need a win against mm -hmm. SKC uh, to keep holding SKC off, Jimmy. Do you think they can do it? I hope not, because I played for Kansas City. <laughs> and so you're I on hope the bus Dallas there. Are you are still the on mud. the bus there, by the way? What's that? Was it, was it a bus you were on? I was on a lot of things. Did I imagine Yeah, that? I was in a bus. I'm in the Hall or of Fame. I'm in all that stuff. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> My, Hall Hall I should run for mayor. I think I could win there in Kansas City. <laughs> Jimmy 2024, let's go. Close up, please, on that smile. <laughs> I didn't realize you're in the Hall of Fame. I love how I said that you're on a bus. But well, I was that too. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's proud of me either way. Okay, so you think that SKC is, is going to yes, they're gonna do gonna it. catch them? Okay. Suck it, SKC. Yeah, and they play, <laughs> Dallas, play, Dallas plays in Philly. 
Jimmy for president. Yes. Not only of well, we'll go mayor first. We'll go. Your slogan is baby steps. FC Dallas. <laughs> Vote for me. Okay. That's it for morning yeah. footage. Do you have any advice for FC Dallas before we get off here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck it, FC Dallas. <laughs> Come on, and Philly. On that note, we'll see you tomorrow for all the reactions to tonight's game in the Open Cup final. Have a great day. We'll see you then.